You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Friday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and I was hoping to be talking to you about a Iowa win over Ohio State, but yet we are here again. Three losses in four games, and we are not going to be a happy camper today talking about Iowa versus Ohio State on segment number one. But on segment number two, we're going to get into a preview of Iowa versus Indiana because the season is not over. Although, I'm beginning to get quite a bit concerned about whether this team can actually go to a Final Four this year, but we're going to talk about that on segment number one. On segment number three, we're going to be breaking down some of the recruiting information, and obviously, Kirk Ferentz had a press conference, so want to be talking about what he talked about, giving our reactions to that press conference. I I also want to apologize. I dropped yesterday's episode super late. I thought I clicked post. It never actually posted. I did all the work. I published it late. So I do apologize for for that. And uh, it won't happen again, hopefully. Iowa falls to Ohio State, though, 89-85 to in a game that they led by 10 points in the middle of the second half. And... <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly, I'm like, I'm a little bit dumbfounded about how to speak about this game. Uh, I find it absolutely ridiculous that our starters cannot play defense. It's, it's embarrassing. How can you not guard the perimeter? How? I, I seriously don't understand. How could you consistently not guard the perimeter and leave guys wide open? Justin Aaron's three three-pointers in the final couple minutes. There's a reason why Fran put his entire bench in to play defense in those last couple minutes. Sorry, last minute really. That's, that's I'm sorry, but at some point you got the starters have got to do something better. I know that, you know, he felt like the starters were able to go Joey's camp 37 minutes, Jordan Bohannon 37, Luca Garza 36, um Connor McCaffrey 27, Keegan Murray 20. I know the bench is a little bit shortened because CJ Frederick is out. But we've seen Fran just turned to his bench when the when they weren't getting things done, when the starters were not getting things done. And he didn't. He didn't. I don't know why. He played his starters almost the entire time. Now, granted, Luki Garza always warrants getting 35 to 36 minutes. Um, I have no problem with that. But what else is what is going on here? What what am I missing with this team? Um, this is a team that's supposed to have Final Four aspirations. Right now, it's looking like they're going to be a five or six seed. That's just how it is. They have a relatively easy schedule compared to the rest of the schedule they've had the next three games. They get Indiana, they get Rutgers, and they get Michigan State. Those are not easily winnable games, though. That's just an easier schedule than what they get after that, which is Michigan, Wisconsin, and Ohio State. They needed to win that game at home. They had to win that game at home. Yet they fell again 1-3 in the last four games, and I'm just I'm disappointed. When you look at the, the rebounding battle... Ohio State out hustled Iowa, or Iowa 41 to 35, winning that rebound battle. They got four blocks. Uh, I, Iowa couldn't shoot free throws, 65% from the free throw line. If they hit 90%, that's the game right there. If they hit all their free throws, that's the game. They win, but they couldn't. They couldn't hit free throws. Now, I did think there was a few good things. Um, Jack Nungy, I thought, played outstandingly. 18 points, 6 of 12 shooting, 4 of 7 from 3. I mean, he was one of the few guys holding this team in. Jordan Bohannon also shot the ball really well from deep. And Joe Wieskamp did as well. Uh, Luki Garza didn't have 
as traditionally of good of a game as he normally has, uh, 16 points, 7 rebounds, 6 of 13 shooting. And what's interesting about that is when you talk about why Ohio State's lost games in the past, it's because they've went up against a fantastic center. Travion Williams, Kofi Coburn, uh, Liam Robbins could even be considered in that situation. They did a really good job of double and triple teaming Luka Garza throughout the game, and we couldn't find open we couldn't find open guys. Luka did have five assists. Now that's saying a lot for a center, but we couldn't hit we couldn't knock down open shots. We were missing layups. We couldn't get the rebounds. There wasn't hustle plays. I mean, there was one play where I believe I can't remember who it knocked off of, but there were two Iowa guys and they both just sat there and let Ohio State take the ball. I the energy's gotta be better. You got You've got to try harder defensively as well. I, I mean, what is going on? Why, also, why did Tony Perkins barely get any playing time? He has been phenomenal, I thought, in the last couple of games. He's been one of the guys who can drive to the basket, also plays outstanding defense. Why wasn't he in the game? Why did Joe Toussaint only get seven minutes? Now, again, I... I have been I've been trying to be very positive about this team. Um, Indiana, it's a historically bad shooting performance. It's a throwaway game. Doesn't matter. Don't disregard it. Illinois, they played they played pretty well. They lost on the road to a good team and they had really bad officiating. All right, you go to Michigan State. That game, Iowa and Michigan State come back. Iowa almost lost that game to Michigan State. That's because Michigan State's a bad team that they were able to win that game. Now, Ohio State, we get a number seven Ohio State basketball squad, and how does Iowa come out uninspired in the second half? How do they blow a 10-point lead? I would say it's bad shot selection, but some of those shots are the shots that Iowa hit, so I'm not sure what's going on. Fran has done a really great job the last couple of weeks of, sorry, the the whole season, really, of pulling the right triggers to bring in the right people at the right time. But riddle me this, why was... Why did he not pull the trigger when Iowa was losing? They blew a 10-point lead with their starters in, and he continued to not put anyone else in. So, I mean, Jack Nungy played some key minutes. Patrick McCaffrey played some key minutes, but I thought they would play more considering what they were bringing. I mean, Patrick McCaffrey, I had been so impressed with him defensively. There was a play, two wide-open three-point shooters. They passed the ball to the perimeter. Patrick McCaffrey closes out. While he's in the way of closing out, the guy's about to pass it over to the guy in the corner. Patrick McCaffrey pivots, goes to the guy in corner, disrupts the play, gets the ball, goes down and slams it home for a dunk. That's just an effort play. Where is that? Why is this team not not showing some of that the hustle from everyone on the court? Now, they shot the ball well, 44% from three. Uh, 45% from the field. All right. We, again, we were struggling in the post. Um, I thought Luca was getting hacked quite a bit. Um, but uh, overall, I didn't think the officiating was that bad. Not, not enough to, you know, really complain about, but why, why weren't, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm at a loss for words. Ohio state's a very good offensive basketball squad. I get that, but they're also one of the worst defensive squads in the big 10. And yet that second half, they buckled down and Iowa couldn't do anything. Also, why were we just trying to chuck up threes towards the end of the game? We could have got a two, fouled them, missed that one and one, and you get a chance to go. I don't get it. I don't get why we don't go to the bench. I don't get why we're not making changes in the middle of the second half while Ohio State mounts a comeback at home. We're at home. We do not, we should not lose those games at home. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm struggling right now. I don't understand why. 
up until this game, Fran has been so willing to go to his bench. And yet today, Tony Perkins does, gets a minute max. Dotusan gets seven. I, I don't get it. Uh, inexcusable. That's what it is. I, I mean, at this point, Iowa needs to stop the bleeding. To me, they have to win the next three games. To even... To me, to even warrant possibly being a an elite eight team, in my opinion. You know, granted, everything can change; they can turn it on, but they keep talking about good practices and motivating themselves because they lost or they struggled. But we're not seeing it on the court. So, is it just talk? I, I don't get it. What, what what's missing here? Now, Iowa has three winnable games coming up. I'm going to pull it up real quick and talk about it. So we have Indiana on Sunday, which we're going to get to on segment number two. We have Rutgers on Wednesday, and we have Michigan State on the road on Saturday. That's followed by Wisconsin and Wisconsin, Penn State at Ohio State at Michigan against Wisconsin. <laughs> Guys, none of these games are easy games. Penn State has been doing a great job of as of late. I mean – we're in for a tough stretch here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Honestly, at this rate, how Iowa's playing right now, I know CJ Frederick's out. That's a big loss. I get that. But Iowa has a strong bench as well. At this rate, we could be looking at Iowa going four and four in those last eight games. And that's that's a positive outcome. Now they could turn it around, but I just the last four games have been very frustrating. And I'm struggling to believe in the talk that they are going to be coming out more inspired and able to play. They started off the game slow. They got back into the game. And then they blew a second half lead. That's the story of the game. Iowa Falls to Ohio State, 89-85. On segment number two, we're going to break down the Iowa versus Indiana game. Turning the new leaf, we're focusing on a new game. And seeing what Iowa needs to do to get revenge over Indiana in a game where they desperately need to win. That's all coming up on segment number two of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. And if you listened to me yesterday, I know I, the show posted right before the game. So I apologize about that. I said, hammer the over. And I hope you did because that was the only way you were winning. Um, I also said I didn't think Iowa was going to cover the spread. I thought Iowa would win, but I didn't think Iowa would cover the spread. So clearly I was right there, I guess. But when you listen to me and you want to make those bets, there's only one place that has you covered and one place that I personally trust for all my betting needs, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and do not forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus. We got the Super Bowl on Sunday. There's tons of awesome prop bets. We got NHL, the NBA, and obviously a lot of college basketball games. So when you want to get in on the action, go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code locked on. Get that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast at. And I wanted to turn our turn attention to Iowa versus Indiana because that game is coming up on Sunday. Iowa has a quick turnaround time. They got to get their head on if they want to win this game. They're going on the road. They need a W. So what can they do to win this game? Well, first off, they can't play like they did against Indiana last time because that was atrocious. They could not shoot to save their lives. 21% from three, 47% from the field. So that wasn't terrible, but the, the three-point shooting was absolutely garbage. And defensively, they were just 
so bad. Jordan Bohannon, one of the worst games of his career, 0 of 8 um, from 3, 0 of 9 total from the field. It, it was a struggle fest. And what was upsetting was the fact that Iowa out-rebounded the heck out of Indiana. 17 off offensive rebounds compared to Indiana's 9. 29 defensive rebounds compared to 23. What I want to see in this game is I want to see Fran McCaffrey make a statement again if his starters do not guard the perimeter and put his backups in. At this point, why not? They're at least showing they're going to bring that intensity from a perimeter defense perspective, right? We've seen some fantastic lineups with Luca Garza and Jack Nungy and Keegan, Mc Keegan Murray, Patrick McCaffrey, and Joe Toussaint. Or you know, Keegan Murray or Patrick McCaffrey and Tony Perkins. That is, that's a, that's a great defensive lineup that also gives you a lot of offense as well. Luka Garza had a great game against Indiana for the most part, 12 rebounds, 28 points, but it wasn't enough in a game where no one can make a basket for 12 minutes. That's not going to happen again, to be fair. Uh, on paper, when we looked, we looked at this game last time, it, I, I couldn't see a way Iowa lost this game. I didn't factor in the fact that Iowa was going to have the worst shooting performance in the last three years. But what was more frustrating was defensively, they couldn't stop guys who are not that good. Guys who have struggled this year. Rob Finnessy. When we talked to Jack Grossman, Indiana expert who works for ESPN, he mentioned Rob Finnessy is just not a very good guard. Yet, there we were. Rob Finnessy crushing it. <laughs> Crushing it from downtown. Four of seven from downtown. What is with that? I don't get it. How does all of a sudden guys just go off against Iowa? It shouldn't be happening that consistently. If you take away the game against Iowa where he shot four of seven, he's shooting 31% from three. 31% from three. We need to close out from these guys. We need to stay tough. I'm sick of the rotations being the, the zone defense being lost and the rotations not happening. So they need to close out on Indiana shooters. And you know, Indiana, credit to them, they had a good game plan and it relied on Iowa not making shots. They basically double and triple teamed, you know, Luka Garza consistently. They also had Race Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis did a great job defensively as well. I was very impressed by both of them. They did a great job of, of guarding Luka Garza. But the problem was no shooters can make a shot. So that also hurt Iowa quite a bit. Luka Garza had four turnovers in that game. That was a lot of the pressure being given by Indiana. But again, this Indiana team is not a team that Iowa should lose to. I don't care if you're on the road. They shouldn't have lost them last time. And they absolutely need this win. Indiana, 27th in Ken Palm, 42nd in offensive um, adjusted efficiency, 27th in defensive adjusted efficiency. Since they lost to Iowa, though, this team's been pretty solid. I mean, this isn't a bad Indiana team by any means. They're a solid Indiana team. But... Iowa should still win, right? So Indiana 9-8 and eight total in the season. Right now, they are currently 4-6 and six in the conference. They've lost to Rutgers and Illinois in the last couple weeks. Rutgers 74-70, Illinois 75-71, both at home. They're going to be motivated. They're going to come out hungry. They want to beat Iowa. Iowa's down right now. So it's going to be very interesting to see how motivated Iowa comes out. If Iowa comes out and lays a stinker again, I'm out. The se I mean, not out entirely, but this season is... I just don't. I don't have trust in their faith in this team. But if they come out and they play motivated, you're gonna you're gonna lull me back into believing this is a chance. You know, th this is a talented team. They're a very talented team. But great teams finish these games. Great teams win the games they should win. And and right now, as of late, it hasn't been the case. And uh, I don't want to talk about the Fran fade. I know I've talked to former players about it. They don't believe in it. But 
Um, it is starting to become a thing where we see Iowa struggle in late January, early February, consistently every single year under Fran McCaffrey. And when the offense isn't going, the defense can't do anything to hold them in. So Iowa needs to get the offense going in this game. They need to just play a little bit better defense. I mean, Indiana is a team that Iowa matches up very well against. Indiana, not a great three-point shooting team. They're also one of the worst offensive rebounding teams in the nation, 279th. On defense, they don't force, turn they don't force turnovers very easily, and they don't defend the three. They're 181st in defending the three-point shot. This is an opportunity for Iowa to get a big, much-needed, stop-the-bleeding type of win so they can turn it around, win the next three games before they go into a tough stretch against some of the best teams in the conference. But, unfortunately, the Big Ten is basically out. They're not winning the Big Ten Conference at this point, barring a miraculous collapse by Michigan. I don't see how Iowa wins the Big Ten in this year, and that's disappointing for a team that had national title hopes. We talked about the bracketology earlier this week. They, I, Joe Lenardi had him at three. Right now, I would project Iowa as probably a four or five seed. That's where we're heading at right now with these losses. Uh, probably a four seed. I mean, you still lost to a top ten team, so you can't discredit it too much. Ohio State is a fantastic team, but Iowa just isn't making the plays they need to down the stretch. They need to turn it around against Indiana. I'll be watching for that on Sunday morning before the Super Bowl, 11 a.m., Iowa versus Indiana, needing to get that win. Personally, I, I'm not betting on this game. I do think Iowa turns around and at least wins this game, but how dominantly they look or how dominant they look is going to be very interesting to me as we get into this game. Coming up on segment number three, we're going to get into some football talk, turning our attention to a fantastic recruiting class that Kirk Ferentz brought in. Seven four-star recruits among the 19 total commits. We're going to talk about that on segment number three. Before we get into that, though, I have a very awesome message for you because you know how much I like to save you all money with rockauto.com. When you have any auto parts or body, auto body needs, go to rockauto.com. I went to the auto dealership to get some things fixed on my car. They wanted to quote me at a couple hundred bucks to fix a few things, including changing the air filter and the ca the engine air filter and the cabin air filter. I went to the brick and mortar store to buy the parts myself. They wanted to charge me $70. So instead, I went to rockauto.com. I used their unique and remarkably easy to navigate catalog to find both the parts I needed in under five minutes for the prices that I wanted. These prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And the same for professionals and for do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? And that's right. I spent 20 bucks on my parts where I could have spent 70 at the brick-and-mortar store. So rockauto.com saved me $50 in just five minutes. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com 2020 is mercifully over. It is time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcast at. Now, let's turn our attention to football. Getting on some happy notes. Iowa finishes out the recruiting class on National Signing Day. 19 commits in that class. 19 scholarship commits. Obviously, some fantastic walk-ons as well. Seven four-star recruits, the highest they've ever had. Iowa finishes 23rd in the nation, 7th in the Big Ten. It was fantastic. I'm excited for the future because Iowa is a developmental program, and they're now starting to bring in some fantastic skill position players, two four-star wide receivers. Um, that's going to be huge. And don't underestimate some of the three-star guys that we have as well. I'm really excited about the future of this Iowa football program. So Kirk Ferentz spoke to the media. He gave a few quotes. I want to talk a little bit about that. First and foremost, on Michael Mislinski, 
because if you followed along with that, you know, that recruiting process, he committed to Texas, decommitted from Texas, and then committed to Iowa. And this was a little bit interesting. Um, when asked about what his approach was going forward or what his approach was with Michael um, after he committed, he said, we really didn't change it. It was a pleasure to recruit Mike all along. He was very engaged throughout the entire process. He and his family are fantastic. They come from an athletic family, so this is not a totally new arena to them. Certainly, but he was always very deliberate, always very honest, and did a great job of letting us know what information he needed. And from day one, we've been very impressed with him, very impressed. Our intent was to continue to recruit him until he told us otherwise, and we just felt fortunate that things opened back up and we had the opportunity to continue on. Why Michael Mislinski is so important, we talk about the pedigree. His dad is a strength and conditioning coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars. His dad played football in the NFL. Michael Maslinski is a legacy kind of guy who has that pedigree, already has that size, and is likely going to be slotted in as the future starter behind Tyler Linderbaum if his development and his trajectory continues the way Iowa has typically seen some of their offensive linemen's trajectory go. So Michael Maslinski is potentially the future at center for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Now on Devin Hilson, the guy... The, you know, the athlete we talked to, talk to on Sunday, I hope you got a chance to check out that interview. Devin Hilson really impressed me. I mean, his story is just its phenomenal. And they asked Kirk, what piqued your interest about Devin Hilson? He said, full disclosure, what really piqued my interest was seeing him play basketball a year ago. We had football highlights and basketball highlights. I probably saw more potential just watching him play basketball, but not knowing anything about him as a person. Now, they talk a little bit more to him, and they get to realize what kind of a person he is, and that's what Fred, you know. Kirk Farron said. He said, I think the more we learned about Devin and learned about his mom and spoke with his mom, she's a super impressive lady, and we did a lot of work with the people that have worked with Devin over the last couple of years, and the message was very consistent. It was positive, and everybody that he's been around really believes in him. I think he's demonstrated a real seriousness about not only playing college football, but being a college graduate. He's demonstrated that, and I just talked about it. It's all kind of come together, and we made this decision last week to move forward. We're thrilled about it. So, Devin Hilson. If you haven't heard his story, you got to check it out. The first D1 recruit from North in a very long time. And he has a good head on his shoulders. You know, his motivation is there. And you can see that it's not just for him. It's he wants to show the kids in his, you know, in his community that they can do what he did. You know, he's, he hasn't won a high school football game. That's tough to do. And he didn't bail on North. He stayed loyal to North. And that's the kind of player we're going to be getting in Devin Hilson. Right now projected as a running back, possibly could be a linebacker. We'll see what the future holds for Devin Hilson. But the fact of the matter is Iowa is getting a phenomenal athlete with a great head on his shoulders, a kid who wants to go to the NFL but also wants to graduate college and is doing things the right way. He also talked about Matt Hankins returning. He said, Recent trend is we've been having guys leave and decide they are going to move on to the next stage of their lives, and I think there's a biological clock for everybody. Matt did play as a freshman, and that probably affected it. He took his time. He was methodical about it. We didn't provide a lot of information. I think he got some on his own. But I think what it all came down to when he settled down, settled in, he came to the conclusion another year of football would be good for him. He's excited to be back here, and that's one thing I made clear to anybody that's thinking about maybe leaving or staying. There's no sense staying if your heart isn't in it and you don't have both feet firm and committed to it. Again, Matt Hankins returning is absolutely huge for the Hawks. It also probably has a little bit to do with the landscape of, of the draft process this year. It's tough. There wasn't as much tape. There's a little bit of issues with what the combine is going to look like. You know, postseason all-star games are not a real thing. You know, some of them happened, some of them didn't. 
you know, Senior Bowl, obviously the Hula Bowl. We saw a few Iowa Hawkeyes there. Also saw the, um, you know, the the scouting, the grid, college gridiron showcase, but just not a lot of opportunities specifically for players maybe looking at a UDFA type shot like Matt Hankins. Maybe he returns. Maybe he turns it on. Maybe he can, you know, turn that into a day three pick like Michael Ojemudia did when he actually was drafted in day two for the, by the Denver Broncos. So I think it's a fantastic decision. And also I agree with Kirk. You don't want these guys returning if they're not going to be willing to do everything they need to do when they're there. Two last pieces that I, I can glean from that. He also talked about Xavier Williams. He said Xavier will probably start him out at corner. We think he's got position flexibility. It's a long year, and it's a long, long road ahead. So what I take about that is I agree. Xavier Williams could play corner. He could play safety. I do think Dane Belton is that this is the cash. Xavier Williams at corner would make sense. Um, what will be interesting to see is where they get Riley Moss on the field. Phil Parker has said it before. He just wants to get his best 11 athletes, best 11 players on the field. And Iowa has a, a great problem to have. They have a ton of depth in the secondary. And it will be interesting to see who wins those battles. But regardless, whatever happens, Iowa should be returning arguably one of the best, if not the best, secondary in the entire country. He also, of course, got some questions on Spencer Pet- Petrus. And he said, so all that being said, we have great belief in him. He's a tremendous guy, a tremendous leader, and he led us. As a starting quarterback, we won 75% of our games. That's not shabby. We expect him to improve like we expect everybody to improve. We think Alex Padilla is a is good young prospect, and we have other guys too that will learn more about this spring, hopefully. Nobody is writing that down in ink yet. So what I take away from that is it's going to be hard for Spencer Petras to lose his job, but Kirk Ferentz, you know, he's always said this. It's an open competition. Every single year for all positions, you've got to work your butt off to keep that job. It'll be interesting to see how does Alex Padilla bring it, how does Deuce Hogan bring it, how does Joey La, you know, LaBoss, how does jo- Joey La- Joey LaBoss bring it. Will be interesting to see. Uh, Spencer Petras again uh, had an up and down season. There were moments of brilliance. There were a lot of moments of of poor to very very poor play, and we can't afford to have that with Iowa having such high spe- expectations going into next season. Again, having a year under his belt could help him. I don't disagree that this, not having the spring practice was definitely a hindrance, but I also know that Spencer Petras has been in this program for quite a few years already at this point, so I'm not going to give him the entire you know entire benefit of the doubt there because he should have done better, I believe. The, the expectations were high, and he disappointed. He was more on the um, – gosh, I'm drawing a blank right now. More on the Jake Christensen line than the Ricky Stanzi line, right? So uh, Spencer Petras needs to improve. It'll be good seeing that competition happen this spring. And as we get more information on that, we'll obviously be breaking that down right here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. That does do it for our show today, though. I hope you all enjoyed it. hope you all enjoyed. I apologize for the rant. Just It was, it was a frustrating game. But nevertheless, we'll be back on Monday breaking down the Indiana game, talking more about all Iowa sports. One last thing I wanted to make sure I covered. The Iowa women's basketball team also fell to Ohio State last night as well. They dropped that game to a ranked Ohio State team uh, in tough fashion, 92-87 to after mounting a second-half comeback. Caitlin Clark, 30 points, 30 points, 4 rebounds, and 9 assists. Also make sure to check out the Iowa wrestling team going up against a ranked Ohio State squad and a ranked Purdue squad this weekend. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, Brands is out with COVID, but that shouldn't be an issue for the squad. They should easily win both of these meets. That is all taking place this weekend. Have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy Super Bowl Sunday as we see four Iowa Hawkeyes playing in the Super Bowl. And obviously, I hope Iowa can get a W against Indiana. We'll be breaking all of that down on Monday's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Have a fantastic day, Hawkeye Nation. Have a great weekend, and let's go Hawks.